This is the Horse Radio Network. From the endurance fiasco to heart-bursting winds and dressage, not to mention a looming hurricane, the 2018 FEI World Equestrian Games has been an emotional roller coaster so far. This week, we're discussing all things WEG with a special guest and offering our tips on how to retrain OTTBs. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. I'm Jess Payne, and welcome to episode 32 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hello. So, hi, guys. So we're bringing this from WEG, which is pretty cool. It's been an experience. Show <laughs> jumping on Monday was a little odd, but that's good. I mean, it all turned out well for a lot of people. But well, on, and Jess, you survived the hurricane. <laughs> I did survive the hurricane. And on Thursday or I think Thursday or Friday, a girl from our podcast, they listened to it. Everybody loved it. It was great. We were talking to people and she said, I created a drink for this week and she's been making hurricane drinks. And I thought that oh, was great to bring to you guys. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, WEG edition, you know, what's going to be our fun special drink? The hurricane. Oh, so perfect. <laughs> that is our drink this week is a traditional New Orleans style hurricane. So in this hurricane, I'd like to put two ounces of light rum, two ounces of dark rum two ounces of passion fruit juice, an mm. ounce of orange juice, half an ounce of lime juice, and a tablespoon of simple syrup and a tablespoon of grenadine. And then just garnish it with an orange. Wow. That's like a, that's like a danger drink. That reminds was, me of college. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's like where you don't know it hit you until it hits you and you're like yeah. passed out on the couch. Yep. But that's like, weg. here we go. You know, here you like, go. What else are you going to do on Sunday? Actually, on Sunday, on our off day for this happy hour, I did go wine tasting in North Carolina. I have to tell you, it was better than I could have expected. I've heard Tryon has like a ton of really good wineries now. I had no idea. It's super cool. Yeah, it's a really cool little area now. So that is, so we're going to celebrate with the tropical hurricane, but when I get to the news, I'll have to explain a little bit more about where I went with my wine tasting. So awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by EcoGold and it's a great time to really be out EcoGold spotting because we have WEG going on and there's so many riders from the eventers to the dressage riders to the para dressage riders. You're seeing a lot of EcoGold out there and um, I actually saw our cover girl, Holly Bennett, out on cross country with Jolly Bow and she looked awesome. Um, you know, out there in kind of questionable weather. Uh, she's got a little Jolly Bow, like looks like a little hunter pony and they're just like flying <laughs> around with their cross country pad that was made, I think uh, EcoGold sponsored the Canadian team, which was super awesome. So they looked really sharp um, and it's a really good pad to have on hand for any of your security needs. Um, and it also helps your horse keeps cool because it has a lot of moisture wicking properties and technology within the fabric. Um, the, the founder of EcoGold, John De Silva, is actually a textile engineer. So he's got a lot of knowledge that goes into those pads. Um, so yeah, you can check yours out, get yours at ecogold.ca. And like I said, highly recommend them. 
Okay. So Jess, you said you had to go back to the wine tasting and stuff like that. What, what went on this weekend that you got to tell us about for news? So yeah, briefly, we had an amazing wine tasting, some of the vineyards in North Carolina and they're local. Like, I guess there's one, somebody just tagged me on Facebook actually today that we're going to try to go to next week, that they're going to have a shuttle at WEG pick you up and take you to one of the wineries and then bring you back to way. So, what? wow, that's awesome. Yep, that is the one we will be attending this week, which I'm like super excited to like kind of venture into all these wineries. I just think typical North Carolina wine have to say probably not so good. I was utterly pleasantly surprised. There's one, my favorite of the whole thing was Carl Parker Benz. There yeah. was one a bit more um, commercialized and everything else. And that one was good. It was over the mountain. It was very good. But the Parker Benz is kind of tucked away. And I fell in love with their wines. We bought a case of it. It was amazing. Yeah, a bunch cool. of their different it's, wines. It's and so they, pretty out there. My parents have a place on Lake Lore. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Jess. But yeah. they're like kind of close to Tryon. So I've been out there a little bit. And aren't they pretty? Like it's kind of nice out there. It's so pretty. So we're going to hit up hopefully for Heels Down Happy Hour. If anybody wants to meet up, I think this coming week we're going to go to, I think it's called Brook Mountain. I'll have to tag it on our Facebook page but they have this shuttle that is running to and from WEG. And so Mountain Brook Wineries, that's it. And so also I had to give a shout out because of our Facebook, we did this event with Doug and I, we did the cross country and we met a bunch of our listeners and followers. We went around the cross country and got to see it firsthand with a bunch of people and met a lot of fun people this week. So that would be my news for this week because it was fun to meet all the people and have everybody come out. I think we had 40 people come with us That's around awesome. the cross country. Mm-hmm. Were there a lot of listeners? Like th- people were listening to the show? I think, I think probably two thirds of them were probably listeners. That's a good so amount, we had the rest yeah. of them have to, you know, join in, listen to our podcast, follow our Facebook. Cause that's where I kind of think they found it. But we had shared the event throughout Facebook and different social medias. So I think not all of them are Facebook list or uh, podcast listeners. So hopefully they'll come on and start following us because it was a fun group of people, you know, anywhere from little, there was this cute little boy that, you know, we were explaining about what runouts were to, you know, the adult amateurs to other fellow riders. So it was a lot of fun. Now Aww. I have to ask how fast did Doug walk? Because I don't know if you remember <laughs> when I had to walk cross country with Doug, I was like suffering. So did he go easy on these people? So thankfully we had already walked the cross country. So okay. he, we kind of like, knew running from jump to jump. That's good. So yeah, we didn't, <laughs> we decided this time to not run from like fence one through 28 or 26 or whatever it was. <laughs> so we did not run through. We kind of, he did lose the group half of it once. So like I trailed <laughs> behind with some people because he did sprint off to the water. Yeah, complex I don't even at one think point. he realizes that he has, he has like no 10 clue. foot long legs. And he's just like gone. Like, and slow down. I'm five, four. Can't right. go that fast. <laughs> oh my God. So no, this time we kind of did it where they had a great thing where you could basically go in between a lot of the jumps. So we kind of would sit in between and watch a couple different complexes. And so that was fun. So I really had to give a shout out to everybody who came and met up with us because it was so much fun. That's awesome. You know, I have, I had a premonition actually about Doug and his like speed walking. He's going to, 
Are you worried that he's going to turn into like one of those old guys that has to go walk the mall every morning? Oh, you know, yes. like he's going to be a mall walker. When he... sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I at least he'd be tell... healthy. <laughs> Has anybody seen the video of Hudson running after my poor dog? <laughs> after Nolan, poor Nolan. <laughs> Full speed. So I'm pretty sure he's not going to have to mall walk. He's just going to have to chase Hudson. Oh, good point. <laughs> so I think I think we're going to be safe to not go to the malls. <laughs> so Sally, you were going to tell us a little bit about. Speaking of Wag, I love that this edition is all Wag. So tell oh, us yeah. about your story that you wrote about. I, there's been a lot of stories that come out of this WEG so far, as is, as is the usual. Um, but I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning, to the dressage where Isabel Worth, I actually, so I will admit, I'm not a huge dressage follower. I need to be, but I didn't know the full story behind this Bella Rose mayor that, that uh, Isabel brought. And so what happened is that this mayor is Isabel's individual gold medal winner from 2014, the last World Equestrian Games. Um, and then what happened is that the mayor had some sort of injury that literally has had her sidelined since 2014. Um, she literally just brought this horse back earlier. I think it was like May or June of this year. She brought her back and started to get her going again. And I don't, I'm sure it wasn't even in her head that she was going to try for WEG. And then she just kept getting better and better. And then she comes in and beats her score, I think from 2014 and wins a gold medal again. And Isabel was like crying, um, you know, at her final salute, it was just such a cool moment. And for her to say, you know, afterwards she was like, it was a huge risk to bring her here. And it just, you know, you never know until you're here. And, um, it was just one of those cool moments because Isabel is one of the the dressage icons, I think, that I've always kind of looked up to just because it, she has such a well-known name. So it was really cool to see that kind of coming full circle for her. And she was beautiful. I mean, it was like unbelievable to watch. Oh, it was poetry. It was so beautiful. Um, you know, so the dressage, I really enjoyed watching it, you know, and the event team was excited. Everything was just so exciting. And now we're wrapping up show jumping. Um, so it's just, there's a lot going on. I feel like I'm on overload. <laughs> it was a bummer that they couldn't do the freestyle though. Yeah. And I was really looking forward it, to that. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like, I think the thing was that they didn't want to you know, the press release said that they didn't want to put the horses on the flight. They were booked to fly out that Monday and they didn't want to put the horses on the flight after they competed. So, you know, so I, I totally get that they're, they're looking out for the horses, but it was still something that I think everybody was looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is what it is. They yeah. did what they could. Speaking of cancellations, Justine, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty, it was epic. So, yeah, leave the like the ultimate drama to me because I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, endurance and what a nice, like, total nightmare slash all the words I cannot say on the air of <laughs> how I would describe how this went down. And by now, I'm sure most people are familiar with what happened. But so the endurance race started, but it, they had to... They, they had to literally stop the race. Um, there were some instances where some horses were sent down the wrong trail, which is kind of even crazy to think, you know, like this is a world championship. Like how does that even happen? This is a world championship. And somehow, uh, you know, a good portion of the participants were sent down on the wrong trail. It just, bl it still blows my mind, you know, it's just thinking about that. But on top of that, the, as, as you guys know, the, the race was actually canceled and they're saying due to the, the conditions of the weather there, it was really hot. It was really humid. This was before the hurricane was scheduled to hit. And um, they had a press conference a couple days later. And it was actually, the press conference was, I thought, was the most, 
eye-opening and shocking part about all of this. I mean, people were, participants were really mad. You saw those images of French riders flicking off people coming in, you know, from the race after it was canceled. People, like, emotions were running high. And I think rightfully so. I mean, you ship your horses from all over the world for this world, question, you know, for this world championship. And then the event you're there to compete at is canceled in the middle of it. It's crazy. But a horse had to be euthanized. I mean, that's a big deal. From the first horse inspection, 15 horses were not allowed to start. Another four passed the vet check, but then were withdrawn before the race. So a total of 95 horses were able to start. But after the competition began, at the vet gate, 53 horses were in need of vet treatment. Uh, They said 52 were metabolic, which is pretty freaking scary. And 32 of those required IV fluids, up to 40 liters. There were two mild colics and one horse had kidney problems. And then another came back the following day with additionally with kidney problems. So that's all pretty serious horse health issues. Yeah. I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I know nothing about endurance. I think it's a really interesting sport. I think it's cool. I know nothing about how riders prepare their horses, though I imagine they do prepare for, you know, a, a long, lengthy race. I mean, a lot of people are come from places that are hot and dry or humid. Um, but it's, I feel like it's going to be Tryon's PR nightmare to overcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys have any additional thoughts from watching it? I know none of us are endurance people. This isn't, you know, our cup of tea. So we don't yeah. know the nitty gritty of the rules or the culture of the sport. No. And I showed up afterwards. And so I unfortunately didn't get to see it. Um, or see any of the aftermath that actually took place except for what was on social media. Right. And so it was just, it's sad because so many people have put in their time and their money and their, you know, sweat and tears to get it to cancel. So I think there are just so many different sides to it that it was just, you know, try and did, I think the best they could, the officials did the best they could. I just, in the end, it was just sad that it couldn't go on. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just a huge disappointment. I mean, there's, yeah, I, I wish conditions were better. I, you know, when you think about this wag, obviously Tryon wasn't originally selected to hold the games this year. They had to pull everything together as quickly as they could in 18 months, but September in the South North Carolina is still the South. It's hot. It's humid. It's Mm -hmm. hurricane season. I mean, they had a lot of factors going against them. And obviously there are a lot of people chiming in on social media because it's easy to make comments from your, you know, from your armchair at home Mm -hmm. when you're not there. But uh, I don't know. I I feel bad for the organizers because there's just like no good way to get out of that for what happened. I will say, you know, and I've got my flame. I've put my flame suit on a couple times today, but I will say unpopular opinion is they have, we have all these people on social media that are like, why didn't they know it was hurricane season? And why why did they even have it there if they were going to cancel it? And, you know, there's a hurricane coming and I get it. I understand that it's hurricane season, but nobody was saying this until there was a hurricane, you know, like, right. It's not like the, I'm not trying to downplay the hurricane at all. That's not my intention, but it's not like the World Equestrian Games were held in Ocala, you know, where it is much more of a frequent threat, threat, you know, that a hurricane would make landfall. I mean, I'm looking at right now and like the deadly storms that have come ashore in North Carolina, the last one was in 2016. Before that, it was like in the 19, 
in the nineties, you know, so I'm not trying to downplay it all, but it's like, everybody's like, it was, it's, it's hurricane season. How did you not know this? And it's like, okay, but it's a guessing game. Nobody was saying anything about it. I'm sorry. I'm ranting, but I was just, I was just getting a little annoyed with that hurricane stuff because it's like, they couldn't have known. Like there's no way North Carolina is not exactly a hotbed for hurricane activity. Let's be honest. And you it's know? not like Tryon's on the coast. They were no, in the mountains. No, it's not, have, it's not yeah. in Wilmington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I, you know, I just unpopular rant there. I, I, again, not trying to downplay the hurricane, but I think everybody was a little bit quick to jump the gun on. They should have known type of thing. And it's, there's nothing you could have done. No. And I don't want to stick up for the organizers either. I mean, like there's blame all around. There's just some sure, things yeah. you can't control. And then there are some things that, Okay, Tryon did their best. Like there are a lot of was, images of the games of a lot of unfinished construction, which is honestly another PR nightmare. But yeah. it's been a pretty tough summer for everybody on the East Coast. There's been a lot of rain. It's really freaking hot. I imagine that construction's been delayed. Our but, construction alone, our construction alone has been delayed at least three to four months. And on your farm, right? Yeah. On our farm. And so, you know, it's just it's things that people didn't understand. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm impressed that they got it put together enough to have it. And we're lucky that it got to be in this country. So in the all in all, I'm not sticking up for everybody, but in the, you know, it could have been a lot worse. I think there have been a lot of other games that are a lot worse. So, you know, it's really hard to put on an event of this scale, you know, like I've covered, as a reporter, I've covered other sports, um, rowing specifically, kind of random, but uh, there's a rowing facility here in Florida, and they kind of went through a same thing where they were trying to build this facility in time and spent all this money, and and everything was crazy delayed. It, it was It's almost like I'm having like PTSD moments of the rowing stuff I had to cover as a reporter watching WEG. You know, it's, it's hard to do it's this. It's a lot. And we're lucky we got to see really wonderful moments. Like eventing was wonderful to watch. I know there was a delay, but I thought the competition was great. Everybody yeah. was pretty safe. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, there were some wonderful storylines out of dressage and eventing so far at raining it has been really cool to watch. Yeah. So um, it's not all bad, I guess. No, no, for sure. And, and the debacles aside that happened at the beginning, honestly, I think they've kind of pulled it together as best they can. So, I mean, yes, there is blame to spread, but there's also credit to give too. Totally. So if you guys haven't signed up for the Heels Down Brief, which is our daily email newsletter, it's literally been every day this last week for WEG specifically. Uh, So if you haven't signed up yet, sign up now because we've got all kinds of cool content specific to WEG um, from original interesting quotes and stories from riders uh, to all kinds of interesting news. But uh, you'll get all of your WEG updates every morning at 6 a.m. when the uh, email comes out and you'll know who had to, you know, who didn't make the jog, uh, what was canceled, what's going to be stream or streamed online that day. Everything is in the, is in the brief, everything you could ever want from WEG. So please sign up and you can do that at bit.ly. So bit.ly slash HD brief. So today we have a special guest, Brittany Rathowitz, who's a show jumper. She's based in Wellington, Florida in the winter and Tryon, North Carolina. In the summer, she's represented the U.S. in the Nations Cup in Europe in 2016. The year before, she was an individual medalist at Young Riders and a bronze team medalist. 
Brittany shows a slew of horses at the Grand Prix level, and we're excited because she is on site at WEG cheering on some of, of her fellow colleagues and having some fun. So welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on. We're super excited. So tell us a little bit about, so you've been there the entire time cheering on, doing a bit. And if anybody doesn't follow your Instagram, it's hysterical. So they should, (laughs) they should follow. So you're doing something with a TV thing too. What's going on with that? Um, so I had a TV show with ride TV two years ago. It was called jumping with Brittany. It was a learning experience. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they are on site here doing some news broadcasting and they asked if I would kind of news broadcast and do some interviews. And, uh, so that's what I've been doing last week and, uh, starting off this week. Nice. So what has been your favorite thing so far about WEG? Oh my gosh, WEG. So I've been to two WEGs before this. I've been to Normandy and I was in Kentucky. And for me, the the level of competition that you see here and learning kind of the back roots of what it takes to get to WEG and the riders and everything is so amazing. So to be here and I'm able to be behind the scenes here, it's very exciting to me because I get to get close up with uh, riders that I like completely fangirl still. I walked mm-hmm. past Marcus Henning the other day and almost cried. I'm glad to know you still fangirl when you're at the upper levels because there's still hope. Like, I'm just a hopeless fangirl anyway. So that's why I I will forever be a fangirl. Rolf Gordon Bankston tried to pass me in Europe two years ago and said hello, and I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully waited two minutes and then cried. (laughs) I like literally, like, he trotted past and he was like, he nodded, smiled, and said hello. And I'm like, (laughs) Dad, Dad, do you know who that was? As I'm like over there getting ready to jump on like a Nations Cup team and I'm like crying because Rolf Gordon Bankston said hi to me. <laughs> hey, hey, that happens to everybody. Trust me. Trust me. That is I'll, pretty I'll fun. I'll be a fangirl. Absolutely. I think everybody, I think everybody has that fangirl in them. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think I yeah. so long with the sport, I mean, because we all love the horses so much and like this is our livelihood to So to meet people that, you know, you kind of grown up like that have inspired you. And actually being able to be at their level and actually converse with them, it's like, it's mind blow- like mind blowing. It is. It's like amazing when you realize they're like a real human, you know, yeah, like they do real human people things, you know. <laughs> sometimes it's not so good because sometimes you learn the true side of people and then... <laughs> I guess that's true. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay, never mind. You're <laughs> not that play, cool. Don't never mind. Girl anymore for them. Find a new one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I, I have to ask. Was watching um, some of the horses warm up today, and I was I was fangirling pretty hard. I was like, oh my god, there's Steve Gerdat and Bianca. Oh my god, there's Bacardi, VDL, and Yannicka Sprunger. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. So, did you get to go watch any of the venting portion? I actually, we went to every jump uh, on the golf cart for cross country. Oh, on the golf cart. That's good. On the golf cart. (laughs) So you took the cheating route of going around. I took the cheating route. There was going to be no other way for me. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I was puffing up that hill when we walked it on Friday. And Doug goes, are you really puffing? And I was like, dude, did you see that hill? I'm dying. (laughs) And he goes, you're not that out of shape. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) 
You don't realize like, it until you can go with that. I just have a baby. Can I use that excuse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. can. Use that excuse all day long. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so it's fun because, you know, we obviously see you guys a bunch. Of, you, we see you a bunch while we're at Tryon. But did you get to see the fork and see the cross country? Or was this kind of your first time seeing it? Or did you see it in Normandy well, in Kentucky? I, I've I've been to the Kentucky three-day. And actually, the first Olympics I ever went to was in 04. And we were at the Kentucky three-day prior to Athens, Greece. And we had won the trip from the three-day eventing to go to Athens, Greece for the... Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So they took us on, like, the whole course walk there and everything like that. So I've had a big appreciation for it since then. Oh, nice. I had no idea about that. They paid me a million dollars to do it. I, I mean, I have... I have big kahunas, but not that big. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, we Doug and I tell this to everybody. On the right horse, you would jump some big cross-country fences. <laughs> I mean, trust me, because there's sometimes I walk up to the show jumps, I'm like, there's no way I would jump that big. <laughs> and I've been around Rolex, and I'm like, there's no way I would jump that. Doug's like, come on, you can get brave. I was like, not today, not like not that. Today. Not today, I won't. <laughs> I feel like I use that excuse all the time. Not today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so, Brittany, do you have any insight for us into show jumping? Like, what do you expect to, to happen this week? Are, are there any favorites you're rooting for, or, like, cool stories you've heard already? Well, besides some mishaps that have happened last week, I, of course, am more looking forward to this whole week. And, I mean, the level of show jumping here, I think, is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be amazing competition. You have the best riders with the best horses. And, I mean, to be able to witness that behind the scenes, for me, is going to be extraordinary. And also, like, I, I, I get to learn a little bit, like, trick-wise of what they do. And because I'm able to be at the schooling area. And for me, I would rather watch the schooling area than actually watch the class because that's where all the Dang. learning happens. Yep. And I have, I've learned a bunch of stuff from it so far. So I'm excited to see at this level a little bit of what they do and how they do it. But I think, I okay, I can't pick out just one horse rider combination. I mean, like I said, you have the best horses, the best riders here. So I'm looking forward to watching every single one. Give and us a couple, though. Give, like I was going to say, if you had to pick like your top, top three. three. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Or even like, who do you who who should we watch in the like if we're there and you're watching the warm up? Who's who's got a really good warm up routine? Like that's something that's interesting too. Well, for me, I've only ever been around like a few of these guys personally, like the Europeans. So I don't I don't really know how they do anything. So that's what I'm gotcha. really intrigued. So in. it'll be new for you too. That's cool. Yeah, I would like exactly. to watch that too. The the other thing is is um, I'm really excited. This is Team Israel's first team that they've ever had for a championship. Oh yeah. wow! They have amazing riders, so I'm I think they're really going to be strong, and I'm really excited to uh, see how they do and cheer for them because this is this is a big big deal for them, and I'm really close with a few of the riders. So I think I'm definitely going to be cheering them on. And I mean, you have some amazing horses for the USA team. You have Eddie Blue. You have Laura Krause horse. You have Clinta. You have Crystalline. And I was actually looking at the Swiss team today. They looked pretty strong. They have two of my favorite horses. They have Bianca with Steve Gerdat, and they have Bacardi VDL with Yannicka Sprunger. And, oh, my God, there's just so many amazing ponies. <laughs> she's, so, she's so cute. She's fangirling. Like, we fangirl over the event. So did you have, speaking of fangirl, did you have one eventing horse that you fangirled over while watching this past week? I don't, I, I don't know that much about the eventing horse. Yeah, but uh, I didn't know if you found, if you found one in particular. 
when Boyd Martin was on course, I noticed the U.S. flag, and I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, who is that? I was like, that's Boyd Martin! <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What about, um, did you watch any of the other sports, like raining or? I, I did. I watched a little bit of raining um, with some friends. And I'll tell you what, those ponies are so cute. They're I, so cute. My horses could turn and stop like that. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my one horse, I'm barely lucky if I can get him to a trot. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, sometimes it just goes full sea biscuit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we did have a reader question from our Facebook group, which came from Ashley, who asked, uh, she recently had a show jumper ask her how many three-star and four-star event horses run a year and why, and how we pick them from for each time, like when you're plotting your show schedule for the year, which I think it would be really interesting, Brittany, you as a show jumper and Jess, you as a eventer, like how do you guys build your your schedule for like the top level of the sport i guess like how many events do you do and how do you pick events from for me i usually work from the end of the year to the to the first of the year so i set my goals throughout the whole year of what i want to do typically working backwards because it's more of the bigger shows towards the end of the year so i try to set my so my show schedules around for that so i can get them to peak at that best time for those big competitions that i want what about you, Jess? So we're about the same, but we, instead of like, she's saying that the end of the year is big for us, we break ours into two segments, the spring and the fall or summer and fall, depending on what we're kind of doing, because we will run typically, if the horse is in good form, two CCIs, which is long format a year. Mm -hmm. So they do one, um, like if you're going to Kentucky, you'll do the one in April or there's some three stars at Jersey or the latest in this kind of North America is Bromont. So you could do Bromont the latest, and then you'd pick like a later fall event. Or for our horses, we do um, like roll out. We did Bromont this year for the getaway horse. So he did the three star and then that actually got him listed on the nation's cup team for Bucalo in October. So then we go to Bucalo in October in Holland. So it kind of depends how their spring goes. So instead of just going to one end event, we kind of do what is our main goal to get them in the spring. You have an idea of what you kind of want them to do, but if they excel and the cross country is really easy in the spring, you'll kind of go, okay, let's kind of pick it up that you have something. Cause ideally you do kind of a harder three star in the fall so that you could get them ready for Kentucky in the spring. So, you know, ours is kind of mixed into what are their kind of long-term goals? And a lot of it is also around like championships. So we had our seven-year-old that we bred, I mean, that we bought as a yearling is going to the seven-year-old world championships. Well, he needed to do an early spring event. So we did Ocala in the two-star. And then um, now he's going to Le Leon in October as well. So it's kind of every horse is a little bit individually based. I'm sure same with show jumping, but for us, it's, broken into two different kind of events or time frames. Right. I didn't realize you guys planned that far out. Like, I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I just never think about how much goes into it, you know? So, so yeah. my winter you, schedule is usually set way before the, the new year of every week they're going to do up until April. Wow. Yeah. And do you have like that, you know, plan B's like reroutes built in oh, or do gosh, you do that I on the fly? 
Okay. Yeah, I, was I, think I'm on, like, I think I'm on like Q D? right now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Awesome. There's so many backup plans. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure very few go to plan A ever. Yeah. yeah. Now, like I said, I think I'm on like plan Q. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's still a plan. <laughs> so one more thing I have to mention before you leave, because I loved it. So speaking of Instagram and following you and everything, you did that Kiki video and (laughs) I will admit I'm, I guess getting old. And I, at first, before I saw your video, thankfully I, somebody was talking about Kiki and I was like, what is Kiki? Do you love me? And so thankfully, (laughs) thankfully, like two days prior, there was a couple of us like that, like researched it and stuff and figured out what was going on. I was going to say, you should probably explain it just in case there are people like you listening who don't know what it is. (laughs) Well, I'm not even sure I'm the master to explain it because the first time I watched the video, I did not see the Kiki Do You Love Me. So then I was more confused because I was like, (laughs) nowhere in the music video I found, do they do this? So I couldn't understand. (laughs) I didn't know it was a challenge at that point. I felt even dumber. So It's okay. Somebody commented on the video and was like, is this girl okay? Does she have a mental disorder? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. I'll explain it. So it is a, it is a Drake song and there was a challenge that I didn't, I missed the challenge part. I got it in the end before the video, there was a challenge and that was it. So you did. And this. it was like a, a dance video challenge. Yes. So for some yeah, of course, exactly. You started doing it, but I think Brittany, I think you might have been the first. And you kind of because I know Lady Ashker did it in Aventer, but I think she did it after you. I think I was the first show jumper to do it like that. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> but I I was practically like forced to do it. One of my one of my good friends, every single day I got a phone call. Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? And I was like, geez, leave me alone. I'll do it today. God. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so my groom, I told him what we were going to do. And he almost like peed his pants laughing. Because I mean, I feel like I would have too. <laughs> and he, was, he was filming me. My groom, Carlos, was filming me. And I, but before I got on, I was like, Carlos, like, what horse do you think is actually going to stand there? Like my six-year-old or Hilton? He goes, get on Hilton. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you plan your dance moves? Or no, that, was, was that was so- all like? Freestyle. It was. Oh. It was, no, she's just a really good dancer. The fifth take. The video that we did was the fifth take. Oh, okay. Wow. I would just like bust out laughing. I'm still, your dance moves are pretty impressive because no, everybody will watch my video and be like, oh, that girl really needs to go get help. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, but like, so I posted it just like being funny, but I had to make sure when I posted it, I was like, I hope everybody can get a good laugh for this because I've posted some stuff like recently and people are like, you know, like the cyberbullying has gotten so bad and I, I don't post anything really to be serious. And I've really changed my Instagram to show my professionalism, but also I want you to see the real me. So I'm not going to really hold anything back. I want you to see me being a goofball and having fun and just being stupid. And a lot of people have like kind of taken like I posted like this one dance thing about like me just like dancing around in the kitchen having fun with my dad. And somebody was like, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're so cool. And gosh, and that's when you know what you remove them and say, well, Next time you can, you can literally direct message me. I'll go on and tell them she is cool. Thanks so much. But I, I just like, it makes me laugh now because I'm like, you guys, like I'm doing this. To help, hopefully have you guys get a good laugh. It's a joke. 
Yeah. Well, good for laugh. you. You have a really good outlook, though. And I think that helps younger people who watch you in the ring and see you and then find your Instagram. I think we need more people like you, Brittany. Yes, we do. Well, I learned, I learned a few years ago when I made the U.S. team to Europe, I was horribly cyberbullied. And I really kind of had to turn it around because I had broke my back two weeks before I went to Europe with the team. Wow. So to do that and then have all of that stuff online. And so actually I, I texted Reed Kessler cause I know she had gone through a bunch of stuff like that. And she called me and kind of was like, kind of gave me the rundown of how to deal with it. And it, it really, really helped. You know, I, I didn't look at anything and I just kind of did me. And then I just started laughing at everybody because I'm like, you guys, like <laughs> I haven't, Who cares? I'm going to Europe with, the team to go jump the nation's cup. So <laughs> why, <laughs> why are you, why are you hassling me? <laughs> yeah. They just jelly. They just jelly yeah. of what you got. So, so I, I, I've learned to just laugh at everything. Well, good for you. You are, you inspire me, Brittany. So <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> same. And we so appreciate you coming on the show. You were wonderful. Hopefully we'll have you back. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for Absolutely. coming on. Yeah. Thanks Brittany. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. So you guys know our show is sponsored by Smart Pack. And I just wanted to fill you in because I just got a new show halter for my thoroughbred Mikey. And I picked their Harwick brand. So if you heard the show earlier and a couple episodes ago, I spoke about their Harwick figure eight bridle. Which oh, that's I right. Love. The same thing. That same brand. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And it fit my, it fit Mikey wonderfully. He's got a big old giant head for a thoroughbred. So he can be hard <laughs> to fit. But I just, because the figure eight fit him so nice, I decided to try their halter line. So I got the Harwick halter and a beautiful Havana leather, leather color. And it fits him perfectly, just like their bridle. But what I love about the halter is it's a really great value. It's $100, essentially. It's $99.99 uh, plus shipping. But it it fits him so nice. And they have a beautiful embroidery on the nose band, which you don't normally get in a halter unless you're spending a, like, a makeup lot of money. on it. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. The stitching is really nice and it's padded on the nose brand, on the crown piece. It's a really nice halter for the price and I'm really excited about it. I'm uh, going back to Smart Pack to get a nameplate on it and it's going to be Mikey Show Halter because it is just that nice. So if you guys have not checked it out, you should definitely go to smartpackequine.com and give the Harwick line a chance. So, guys, we got a really great question from um, Jess in the Facebook group. If you guys haven't joined our Facebook group, you should search online for the Heel Zone Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And Jess is thinking about taking a taking on a thoroughbred right from the track, like no letdown, no retraining. She's getting him from a racing owner. So I'm going to very quickly recap her message. And then I wanted to ask you guys if you had any tips for her because she's a little nervous about taking on a, a thoroughbred right from the track. So Jess says, I lost my OTTB of 18 years back in June. And the week before she before it happened, I had been at Churchill Downs and noticed a cute horse who happened to have the same grandsire as my boy. I fell in love with him. After I lost my boy, I put on my margarita muscles and messaged <laughs> the trainer on Facebook. Good for you, Jess. Yeah, girl. And told him when the time came to retire him, let me know. So I guess that happened now. Uh, the horse came off the track and I guess he had a little bit of an ankle issue and there sounds like he has a pretty good race owner because instead of continuing to rehab and race him, they decided to pull him from the track and Jess is actually going to pick him up next weekend. 
So I know it's a really wonderful story and I'm happy for you, Jess, that you're getting another horse, especially one that's connected to your old heart horse. But anyways, so Jess says she's probably going to do low level hunters and dressage, but she's never taken on a, uh, taken on a horse right from the track before. So she wants to know, you know, what is it appropriate for her to know as the first time, you know, track owner, should she do a pre-purchase exam and should she do radiographs on the ankle? So I wanted to talk to you guys. Do you have any advice? I know, I think we've all owned thoroughbreds off the track before. So Sally, you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've all pretty much always had off track thoroughbreds cause that's all I can afford. Um, but you know, I've been really lucky. I have a, a good friend of mine who's in Missouri and she is, you know, she's pretty well connected through the canner program in Illinois. So she, I actually got my last horse from her and she has such an excellent eye. And if you ask her about it, she'll downplay herself so bad. I was actually just talking to her about this today, you know, so I personally have never, I've started, no, I have never started a horse myself off the track. So me personally, I'm a big believer in having somebody who can help you start him because every horse is different. Um, you know, I buy my horses based on temperament more than anything else. So I want something that can kind of learn with me, but I, you know, I entrusted, I, I, I trust my trainers and people like this Amanda person that I bought my last horse from, she had already put a foundation on him and started him. And so, you know, if you have the option to work with somebody who has experience restarting thoroughbreds, I can't recommend that enough. If you haven't done it yourself before, which I hadn't, there's nothing worse than getting into it with a horse that you've never really done this before. And then you're kind of starting from scratch and it's hard. So um, I think that's the best place to start. I'm a little bit of a I, I, I've not done a, a pre-purchase on my two horses. Um, one of them, I, I think both of them would have passed, but later one of them had, you know, an issue that came up, but I don't think it would have been shown up on a, a pre-purchase. So I think that's kind of an individual thing. And it also depends on what your goal is. So you just have to kind of have a clear cut set of, of rules and criteria that you're willing to compromise on and things that are deal breakers. What about you, Jess? I think that's the same sort of thing. So I do, I am the exact opposite of Sally. <laughs> You're I a big actually, pre-purchaser, aren't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I pre-purchase everything. I don't care if it's a dollar. I will pre-purchase <laughs> it because for me in the end, I want to be able to resell it. I want to be able to do whatever if it needs to rehome and I want to know what it's starting with. So I always, depending on, it doesn't matter the price, doesn't matter whatever. We'll just do a basic pre-purchase. I just want to know what I'm dealing with. Is it something I can manage? Is that ankle, like she's talking about, going to bother it? I have also bought horses that, you know, I like I said, we've said before in the thing, I trust my vets. That mm-hmm. high society horse of mine had a nasty, nasty looking ankle, but it was all old, old injuries. And my vet's like, that's never going to cause a problem. He's 22 years old and it never has caused problems. So he was, you know, somebody I could trust. Oh, his superficial is four times the size. Like his ultrasound is disgusting looking, Oh my but he got wrapped up in wire probably as a baby. You know, Mm. you can see the wire cuttings. It's around the back of his ankle. It's around the front of his back. It's nasty. So long story short, I always start with that and see if it's something that you can live with. They don't have to be perfect, but they have to be something that you can manage. And then, like you said, find somebody that has restarted them or have even a friend that has restarted them because people that do that really well do an amazing job with it. So it's kind of my advice. Totally good point. So I bought my current thoroughbred. He was 
sold at the Keeneland auction. He was um, race trained in October in Ocala, but never actually raced. So when I picked him up, he had been sitting in a field for two years, uh, basically had minimal training, had, you know, been backed, been broke, knew how to run a little bit, but that was about it. So I bought him through someone I knew who um, knew the race owner. And it was sort of the sort of what both of you described, like someone who is a experienced reseller, like who knows how to spot issues with thoroughbreds, who knows how to restart them. She was someone I trusted. Uh, and it, it all just kind of fell into place where I, I knew I could trust this person that I was getting into the, you know, she was going to steer me in the wrong direction for what I needed. And at the time I had put down my heart horse just a couple of weeks, probably a couple months before, um, and he came into the barn and she told me she had him and she was like, Oh, I think he's going to be perfect for you. I wasn't ready to buy. I was about ready to get married and go on a honeymoon, all this stuff. She's like, I'm just going to let him kind of hang out. If you're interested, let me know. And so I ended up buying him and I I'm really glad I did. And I'm really glad I went through someone I know. I, I think it's definitely doable to buy from the track, especially now that I've known this, you know, this person who who does buy directly from the track all the time. And I ride some of her sale horses for her. But I, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind if you're going to do that is just don't rush anything. Like be ready for the long game, like let them relax. Uh, this lady who I know, she just they she brings them in as sales horses, but they don't. They spend a lot of time at her farm, you know, like she's letting them relax, get used to this new environment, uh, get used to kids and being in the ring. And even if they're just standing around and doing groundwork, uh, you know, I think you just got to be ready for that long game. If you're going to take a horse right off the track, I did not pre-purchase mine. I probably should, but I didn't. And I've kind of dealt with issues with him because of that. But I also knew I wanted to give him a home. And if it didn't work out, I was ready to spend the money and, and place them in a retirement home. So I, like, I knew that going in that I could do that. But if you, if you are not looking for that, I absolutely recommend pre-purchasing, especially off the track, because there could be all kinds of issues. So yeah. uh, it's yeah, sort of hard. the majority vote on that, I would say <laughs> two out of three. You know, yeah. I mean, it, obviously it's more money, but if you, if you are looking for a horse that you want forever, absolutely pre-purchase it. Like I knew I would take him if I kept him for six months and got him healthy and knew he couldn't be ridden. I would have, I would have been fine with that. So it depends on your situation. Yeah. But I think track horses come with a lot of pluses. One, most of the time they load on the trailer, no problem. Most of the time, if they've been, you know, like been on the track and been competing in that kind of thing. Uh, so they're usually a little like my horse is great at horse shows. And I think that's because he was shipped around a whole bunch. He gets on the trailer. He's been no everywhere. Yeah, he gets off the trailer. And I was like, okay, what are we doing today? You know, like never, it's never a big deal usually they're a little bit hotter of a horse not all of them but some of them so you know what i mean it just depends on your preference on what you want in in a low level prospect yeah but definitely get a trainer and get a trainer who knows thoroughbreds i think that makes all the difference because when i run into problems with my horse and i don't know what to do i have someone in my barn who is an expert to ask and i I think that makes all the difference yeah absolutely i agree i think we had some good advice for Anybody that's looking to get an off-track horse, but because they are, they really are worth their weight in gold when you get a good one, but you got to put the time in for sure. Totally. 
So uh, one of our supporters for this episode is Hands-On Gloves, which I know are super popular. I even heard that they were on QVC at one point, which was kind of cool. But if you haven't heard of Hands-On Gloves, they're a super awesome grooming tool. They're five-finger grooming gloves. So basically, if you are, you know, I know you're at a barn and you get dirty, but nobody likes to have all that grime under your fingernails after you get done currying. It's just nasty. Um, So these kind of take care of that. It's a perfect thing for scrubbing or currying or using it during bath time. Use it on your dog. Uh, improved circulation. It's got these awesome little massaging like nodule things on the fingers and the palms. And so it really gets a good deep grooming. So um, they're super affordable. It's only $24.99 for a pair. And you can actually use code HEELSDOWN for free shipping for this month. And you can get your own pair at handsongloves.com. Uh, so it's time for Rose and Thorn. Does anybody want to go first? Because I need a little time to prepare for mine mentally. All right, go Go for it, Justine. Okay, sure. So, all right. So I have the cutest thing ever. And I'm going to show, I'm going to share this picture in the show notes on the website. So if you guys go to heelsdownmag.com, you'll get to see, but there's a girl at my boarding barn who shows mini horses and she just got back from, uh, nationals i guess the national competition was in oklahoma and i've been like following her feeds like a hawk because it's just the cutest freaking thing ever but anyway so she's got three mini horses and one of them is named sparkles who i just she's like the funniest fattest cutest little mini horse so sassy ridiculous and so they built her a little house on the on the barn property and it is literally like a little cottage it looks like It, I can't even, it's hard to explain on, on the, you know, like over the airwaves for radio, but it's like literally a house. Like it has a little porch and a little door and you open it and it's a stall, but it's so cute. And they put flowers in one corner and she's got like little shutters on her windows. And it is just the most ridiculous, cutest thing that it brings me so much joy looking oh at her and her God. little, oh so my gosh, in her little cottage house. It's so cute. Oh my God. I, I love it. So that is my rose, just that that exists and Sparkles has a wonderful housing arrangement. I love that that's it's amazing. Sparkles too. Like, that's just the best name ever. I know. She's the cutest. She is so sassy, though. Oh, my God. But I do love her. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> and I guess my thorn is, I, okay, so it's not really a thorn. I'm heading to Iceland on Friday. But we booked our flights on this like wonky, really discount airline. Wow. I don't know if everyone, if anyone's oh, yeah. flown. Wow. Yeah. So I'm really excited because we got the, we got the flights super cheap, but they've changed our flight times like a million times. And I'm starting to get like help heart palpitations, like worried about oh, like, are we going to leave on time? Are we going to get back on time? Cause they keep changing it. Um, but I can't wait to go to Iceland. So it's like, is it really that Big of a thorn. You need to stop still going going to vacations that make us mad. <laughs> for real. Can that be my thorn? I'm switching yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I get there. I'm worried about this airline. That's all I'm saying. I've heard like, I think I've heard good things about that. that one, yeah. But. The reviews, we looked into it. It's great. Like I've heard great, great things about it. Okay. So, we'll give better. you positive thoughts. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Jess, what's yours? <laughs> so my rose was that I got to spend all week at WEG for the last two weeks, which is pretty incredible to watch some amazing horses go. And it's been such a treat. So that's my rose. Totally. I'm jealous. Oh, it was, it's been amazing. So I'm so excited that we're still here and kicking along and it's been fun, but my thorn would have to be, we do this fantasy 
it's kind of like fantasy football, but it's like fantasy league for big events. Oh. So we've done it for Burley, badminton, all this. And we put money on the line. So like, it's fun. And the results have not come in because one of my team members has been super busy all week. So I haven't actually seen the results, but I think I lost. Oh no. Oh no. Wait, so how does this work? Can I, can I play? I'm just kidding. (laughs) So there's six to 10 of us kind of like, there's usually six or seven of us at a time, but it's out of this pool of like 10 friends. And this one guy puts it together. He's great. Like he does all the numbers, everything else. And you pick and you pick all the way through. Like this time we picked nine horses and that's hard to pick. So you, and you can't pick the same one twice. So basically it's like a snake. So like, you know, you get the nine, six people and then it goes, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four. So like snakes back and forth. Okay. And so that's how you pick the horses. So you have, your first three picks are your really good picks, right? Right. Like they've all been, but then towards the end, you're picking horses, you know, nothing about. Right. So when I'm really good, I spend a day and a half on FEI researching everybody's like legit, like their entire, like, so this is like fantasy football essentially. Oh yeah. But like on steroids for us, because I mean, I guess it's probably the same people research all this stuff. I don't play fantasy football, but it's the same sort of concept. And we do it for just one event. So we did it for the WEG for eventing. And I think Doug might have won. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm this like, is making the loser. eventing nerd that lives inside me very happy. Yeah. So I think I had some really good picks, but Sarah Ennis was on my team. So nice. go, Sarah Ennis. She was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, cool. yeah. So I think I lost. That would be my thorn. <laughs> oh, bummer. Um, so my rose is, I think this isn't, we haven't confirmed it yet, but I think Kyle's going to get to come home and visit for Yay! the long, there's like a the Columbus day weekend coming up is like in between some busy stuff for him. So he's thinking about, we talked about me going down there, but it's just going to cost so much money that we just decided to, if we were going to spend that much money, we'd rather him not have to work the whole time. So you know, if he can get away and just come up here for a long weekend, then yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'm super excited about that. Okay. And my thorn is really, 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 I'm just, I'm trying to decide if it's funny or if it's like really cringeworthy, but I'm just going to start telling this to you. So I get uh, Brazilian waxes done like every six weeks. Um, no big deal. I found a place downtown backstory I had this really awesome girl that was doing it for me that just kind of did it like on her own. And she was really nice. Um, but then she just like randomly moved to Arizona and didn't tell me. So I'm like texting her, trying to get appointment. Cause I'm like, I got to get this taken care of. And she like, didn't answer me and didn't answer me. And she's like, Oh, by the way, I moved to Arizona. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I'll just find somebody else. What? And, and yeah. This is like, yeah. And this is like a, for me, it's not something like, I don't want to just go around flashing my lady parts to just anybody. So I got to find somebody that like makes me comfortable. <laughs> Oh my so I found a new place downtown. I'm like sweating. Okay. So I found a new place downtown. And it, they have a membership and it's like $36 a month, which is great. And then you go in once a month or however often you need it and you can get your Brazilian done and it's great. So I go in for the, my second one with this place last week and it was a girl that I hadn't had before. But wait, so the first one was fine? The first one was totally fine. Like it was, okay. 
yeah, it was totally fine. Um, super nice. Like it's a really cute place. And like side note, they were like, Oh yeah, you should bring your dog with you next time. Cause I tell them like I bring Cooper with me. Oh so, <laughs> super cute. So I go in, it's a different girl, no big deal. And I'm like, not a super, believe it or not, I am not actually a super awkward person when you're talking to me all the time. So we're just like making small talk. Cause that's what you do when somebody's like in your lady parts. And so we're just like talking about whatever dating boys, whatever. And she ends up, it turns out that she goes to the same gym as I do. And so we're just like making small talk. And me, me, little old lonely me over here is like, oh, I think I just made a new friend. Like not thinking about the fact that she's literally staring at my lady part <laughs> while we're talking. And so I get up and she's like, okay, yeah, just go ahead and get dressed and, you know, you can come out and we'll take it, you take into care of. And so I'm like thinking to myself as I'm getting dressed, like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm, you know, she's my new friend and maybe I'll like ask if she wants to hang out sometime and blah, blah, blah. And like little voice in the back of my head is like, but she just waxed your vagina. And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> so I walk out to the front of the, the store and she's sitting there at the counter and I'm like, we're, she's checking me out. And I like grab one of the business cards that's on the counter and I go, so this is really weird, but that's how I start the freaking conversation. Oh, Sally. So I go, if you ever want to like hang out or anything, like just let me know. And I like wrote my number and she goes, Oh yeah, like totally like not interested at all. And I'm just like, because it was just one of those things where she just like didn't at all want to, but she was like not trying to be rude. So now I'm sitting here with this freaking <laughs> business card in my hand that has my phone number on it. And I don't want to hand it to her anyway, because she clearly doesn't want it. And I'm like, what do I do with this? So I just like left it on the counter. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And then... So I did not make a new friend. In fact, I'm not even really sure that I can go back to this place because then she asked if I wanted to book the rest of the year with her. So I did. Go back. Go back. Who cares? And then, yeah. but then, but then yesterday, I'm pretty sure I saw her at the gym. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so now, moral of the story is: you have a terrible thorn. You yes. have to go to a new Brazilian place yeah. and a new gym. Yes. And a new gym, like all of my life is just changing and I'm a creature of habits. So and now I'm just like, why did I just have to like crap where I eat? Cause like now I'm just screwed. Um, oh. so yeah, moral of the story is do not try to make friends with the woman who does your Brazilian waxes. Well, Sally. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You make me feel better about the time I told you that I have all over town in my underwear drawer. So Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I feel like this sure, is way by worse. The way, by the way, I sent that episode to his assistant and she was like, oh my God, I'm going to make him listen to this. So he's, he's heard it. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Ooh, Something I, I needed I to that know. Out. Glad I got it out. So that's my thorn. Hopefully you guys oh, are poor Sally. trying to make friends with inappropriate people, but the word to the wise, don't do it. I'm also just impressed that you get Brazilians because I'm not brave enough for that. No, so. you know, I was Me so scared. Too. I was so scared because I don't have like an awesome pain tolerance, but I was getting so tired of, you know, this is a little TMI, but I was getting so tired of shaving because it's just really uncomfortable. And I was just like, maybe I should just think about doing it. So the girl that I found that was doing it privately was really good because she was like really highly recommended on Yelp and she was excellent because I told her it was my first one and she made me feel really comfortable. And it's really not that bad, honestly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. about that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I'm, with, I'm, I'm with Justine on this one. Uh, Sally's by herself. I don't think I can do it. Uh, well, I you don't know. know. Back myself with no friends over here, too, because apparently I asked the wrong people. <laughs> We're still your friends. Oh, We're still your friends. So anyway... <laughs> Mailbag. I'm not sure who sent this in, if or if anybody sent this in, but it's kind of a fun one. Um, I think it, it's great. Yeah. 
So with the World Equestrian Games being over the next two weeks, and they're almost done now, I'm really sad. Who has been kind of your favorite storyline or your biggest inspiration so far in this? Mine is two words. The Japanese event team were incredible. Yeah. I'm so impressed by them. Uh, I'm just, they had beautiful show jump rounds, beautiful weeks. I, I loved them all week. So they were the inspiration for me because as a host nation, they didn't have to go in to get like qualified for right. the Olympics. Wouldn't they have noticed, no. rocked it, rocked yeah. it. So kudos to those guys because they were my heroes this week, this past week in eventing. Yeah, that was super awesome. It's a good um, one. That's fine. I'm trying to think. I am going to have to go, you know, who really made an impression on me this weekend. And unfortunately, the weekend didn't go as as well as she planned. But Paulina Swindles from Finland, she is an eventer. She qualified for her first world games, but they, you know, were smaller federations. So they didn't have a ton of money to help her. So she had to raise 10,000 pounds to kind of get herself and her horse Pharaoh um, over here. And so she actually, like, she was like, I didn't want to start a GoFundMe. I just like, I, I just felt like I didn't want to just ask for money like that. So she wrote a children's book about her horse and it's like beautifully illustrated. And she did a Kickstarter, um, to kind of get the money funded up front. And she was able to raise like 17,000 pounds in like a month with this children's book. So, which is amazing. I know. I yeah, love that story. It's incredible. So yeah, she made it over here. Unfortunately, she fell off. She took a little tumble during cross country. She and Pharaoh were totally fine. I messaged her and I was like, I hope you're okay. And she's like, yeah, we're fine. You know, disappointed, but we'll be back. So um, there's a story on it on heelsdownmag.com. So you guys can go check it out if you haven't seen it. That was awesome. But that was what about you, one. Justine? So actually my number one, moment of uh, of WEG was definitely Laura Graves when Isabel won. So Laura Graves came in second, but they were playing her anthem and she won and it was wonderful. And she was very emotional, which was really great to watch with Bella Rose. But Laura Graves, Graves like puts her hand on Isabel and there's like this moment of camaraderie that I haven't really, you know, I just thought it was wonderful to see in dressage, like just, just in sports in general, how they all support each other, which I just... Thought that was a class act, super cool. It just made me really love dressage that much more. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So if you want to hear more from us, you can check out Heels Down Magazine. We have uh, Holly Bennett on our cover this month. We've got a super exciting cover story coming out in October. So you definitely want to get subscribed. Um, It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone. Subscribe and download the free Heels Down Magazine app on iTunes or Google Play. Just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors, EcoGold, Hands-On Gloves, and SmartPack. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, you guys can subscribe to our weekday newsletter, The Brief, and also check out all of our awesome web content on HeelsDownMag.com. All right, guys. Well, happy rest of WEG. I guess the next time we see each other, we'll be on uh, full WEG hangover. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Guys.